people smart, enabling organisations and individuals to be disability inclusive and accessible. Hello everyone, my name is Jodie Greer and I am the founder of Be People Smart and back to bust some more myths and today I'm joined by the lovely Zuby Kibria. So Zuby, can I ask you to please give us an introduction to you? Hello everyone, my name is Zuby. I um, have worked in the field of disability and equality for many years and I also have personal experience of disability myself. So I have um, cerebral palsy, um, which affects my mobility. So I use crutches to get around and occasionally I use a wheelchair for long distances. So um, I've actually worked in the field of disability and equality and I've also volunteered. I've actually been volunteering for many years as well. And I actually currently do a mix of volunteering and also get a bit of do a bit of paid work as well with Disability Horizons. It's an online disability lifestyle magazine and it's something I really enjoy doing. So it's all about, my role is quite varied, which I really enjoy. So it's all about doing social media. Um, I get the opportunity to interview a lot of great people in the disability community. And I've also had the opportunity to interview some celebrities as well, which has been amazing. And um, so I do a lot of the, the content side of things and doing a lot of research and finding some great people that we can interview. So, yeah, I think that's sums me up. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's really nice that you took the time to join us today. And I think that uh, you've got some great insights to share. So just to set our scene, the myths we're going to be busting today. And like usual, we may well come across some others as we chat. but. What we're aiming for is to dispel the fact that, obviously not fact, that disabled people can't get a proper education. Mm. And the other myth we want to uh, bust is that disabled people can't get married or have children. So some of you may think, well, of course they can, but you'll be surprised how many times um, I've also heard people uh, make that assumption and I've also known many people that have had some very questionable um, assumptions put to them. So we can talk a bit about that. So, Zuby, can you tell us a bit about kind of your experience and how these particular kind of myths or stigmas um, are prevalent, it, particularly because this is another great thing that you're able to share with us, mm. particularly within the Asian community? Yeah, definitely. Um, education plays a big factor in everyone's life, but obviously um, for us, um, if you're in the Asian communities, it can be completely different. It's seen as if you're a disabled child that you can't get um, a suitable education because you have a disability. And that's one of the biggest stigmas that I sort of want to overcome because they see if you're a disabled child, they see that you're not capable of doing, um, getting sort of the right education or what sort of field you want to go into. And, you know, it's not right. And I think it should be, it shouldn't be seen like that because we all have individual skills and, you know, experiences that we've been through and it shouldn't be seen as something that we're not capable of doing. I feel that every child should be encouraged no matter whether you have a disability or not 
um, but it's just a case of trying to educate um, some Asian parent families who see disabled children as not being capable or less capable than their non-disabled siblings or anything like that. So I just think it needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, do you know what you've just made me think about? I did an event and I was a co-hosting with a great guy. Um, I won't say his name because obviously, even though he was very open in the room, I don't know if he'd want to share so publicly. But mm. basically, he shared a real experience of, yeah. because he's a wheelchair user, he actually, when he joined a new job, he actually had a colleague outright ask him if he's able to have children. Yeah, yeah, no, this, this happened. And the reason he was sharing it, and he was quite blunt, but he actually said, so what they were really asking me is, can I have sex? Right. And he said, they wouldn't have asked anybody else around me that question, irrespective of, you know, being a wheelchair user or not, or their gender or anything. Yeah. Um, and yet they literally just... Ah, so although we do say start the conversation, you know, let's talk inclusion. Exactly. There are limits, right? Exactly. But it's how you phrase the question and, and where yeah. you're sort of asking it as well. It that was, is really personal. Yeah, but also you kind of have to work out what relationship you have with that person to what yeah. you can and can't kind of ask. Absolutely. And it's not so intuitive for some people when it comes to social etiquette. I appreciate that. Um, but certain questions are very personal. And if you don't have a really close relationship with someone, it mm. wouldn't dawn on me to ask something like that. No, absolutely. But yeah, I just you just made me remember that. And I was like, wow, like, it was a wow moment then, but it just came back the same. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we were talking before we obviously planned in this uh, episode. And we were mm. talking about some of the people, you know, we've both met and who we follow who have really proved people wrong on both of these myths. But um, I know you had some really good example, particularly with you know, the whole family thing. Um, can you share a bit about that? And, you know, well, if you can, who these people are, but certainly a bit more about their stories. Um, what, as in myself personally? Yeah, you know, the people that you follow that, you know, have got multiple children and all that oh, yeah. kind of stuff. Um, well, I follow um someone on youtube um and she's really good she's married she's got three kids and she's got a disability she's married to a non-disabled guy um and he seems uh, like he's really nice with her and you know and she's just treated as, as anybody else would and she's also um she deals with property so she works in property and she goes out in her motorized scooter showing people around properties I mean, it just shows that you can, that we as individuals are capable of doing anything. It's just, you know, having the right equipment and support there to help you. And it's absolutely fine. It's not an issue. Yeah. I mean, that's where accessibility comes in, right? Because if if we have the right solutions and services and environments in place, then the barriers get broken down. Yeah, absolutely. And she's actually based in America. Oh, okay, interesting. It's different to hear, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously as well, because, you know, we get a global audience for the podcast, um, but I certainly engage with global audiences within my job. Mm. And it's so different around the world, how disability is seen, even terminology that gets used. 
Yeah. I'm really hoping that some of your messages today will also help in, you know, all different cultures to get people maybe thinking a bit, a bit more broadly. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the perceptions that we want to change um, is just to be able to see disability in a positive way and not a negative way. Um, doesn't matter what your impairment is, but we're all individuals and we are all capable. It's just we may take a bit longer to do certain things, but, you know, it's not an issue and it's just making people understand that. Um, and I don't know, just again, whether you're in going back to like the education side of things as well. Um, I mean, for me, um, with my education as well, I just feel like there's a lot more that I could have done. Um, and I just feel like I wasn't given the right support to be able to achieve what I wanted to be able to do. Because there was a time I think I did say to like teachers around me that, you know, I want to go to university and they'd sort of look at you like, are you serious? You want to go to university? And I just actually ended up going up to college. Um, but I still feel now, up to now, I still think, you know, I wish I did get the chance to go to university and experience life, you know, outside and also, you know, the social interaction side as well. But unfortunately, I didn't get that chance. And people still say now that it's not too late to do it. But I just feel like I wish I would have done it sooner and just being able to say to people that, you know, I can do it, just give me a chance. And it's, again, it's not, it wasn't just teachers as well. It's, family support as well it wasn't there so it wasn't very helpful yeah I can only imagine to be fair and obviously I learn from people like you and all the other people that I talk to with different lived experiences um but also I think education's another big thing because we talk about obviously people being able to get an education mm. but then the support needs to be there and I don't just mean family support I mean within the education system because certainly exactly. in the UK yeah. it's really limited because we still yeah. have a lot of schools that don't have the physical access yeah. we also have a lot of schools where although they may have a special educational needs teacher so they may have mm. you know Senko um, on site but you have to go through lots of hoops as a parent yeah. to be able to even achieve some support yeah and it just kind of goes right through, you know, a young person's education. And from what I hear, because to be honest, I don't have first-hand experience, but from what I hear, it gets a little better when it comes to accessibility in, in university. Mm-hmm. But then it's really difficult for a lot of young students to get to university if they've not had that support through their early education. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, um, just to go back on that, just to give an example, I mean, I wanted to do um in all my GCSEs right I did the you know they have higher and foundation level papers right yes. different level papers right and I wanted to do higher in IT it was one of my favorite subjects at school right and um I said to the teacher you know please give me a chance you know I'd love to do the higher paper and unfortunately they didn't and to this day it still gets to me because I ended up doing the foundation so I did the lowest paper and I ended up getting the highest grade and I was just I was so annoyed because I just thought if I was given the chance to do the higher paper, you never know what grade I could have got. So the highest grade you can get in the foundation is a C grade, and that's what I ended up getting. So you see, and I don't know what it's like now, but that's, that is to this day, I'm still really annoyed about that. So obviously that was a subject you particularly excelled at. Do you know yeah. why they put a blocker on you? That's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Um, and even when you get the chance to do mock tests, 
I think I even did well in mock tests where you do practice cases. And I don't know why they still said, you know, you have to do the foundation level. Did you, did some of your, you know, your, some of your school friends experience the same? Did you feel like you'd been kind of, uh, you know, out? I think, yeah, just left out. I don't know, to be honest, I only had one other um, disabled person in my class and it was just me. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. But that also comes back to education on the flip side, that mm. teachers, examination boards, all yeah. of these people, they don't receive any kind of mandatory disability inclusion or accessibility learning. No, they don't, totally. And I'd love, I've been actually trying to push for this in the UK, I would love to get disability inclusion into schools both for teachers as part of their standard training. I mean, let's be honest, the amount of time schools are shut for teacher training days, I'm sure they can fit it in. Um, But also for the students, because I think the other issue we often get is particularly for um, the students who do need SENCO support, Mm. there's this kind of stigma attached to it as well, where, you know, um, the other children in the class think, that the one who left to go and get some additional support is off playing games while they're learning. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And Um, I've heard from friends that it stops their children wanting to go to Stenco because they don't want to be thought of as like, you know, the stupid one or the one who doesn't know things or whatever it is. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's true. It's true. I mean, I had that a lot in secondary schools and stuff and it's just it's not good it's not a good feeling um and uh, it's like you say we need to sort of they need children need to be educated in that way and so do teachers as well yeah definitely yeah for me it definitely needs to start at school for me the workplace is too late you get to a workplace you're already trying to prove you were the right candidate that you're learning a whole company culture you're literally learning your job all of that sort of stuff so the time commitment to be able to give to like inclusion activities is very limited, particularly mm-hmm. if, for instance, disability inclusion just isn't something that resonates with you. You don't understand why it adds value. Mm. So if you start in schools, it just becomes part of a culture. It, it, it's the norm. Yeah, yeah. I think they should actually add it to a, a one of part of their curriculum as well as part of learning. I think it's really important. Because then you'd want to see if children see a disabled person and get scared. You want to be able to, you know, for them to see it and think, oh, you know, maybe this person is a bit different, but, you know, it doesn't mean that they can't do anything or put them down or not be friends with them because they have a disability. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think it's important as well as young people, um, because often actually we can learn a lot from children and the way they behave with each other. But sometimes it goes very much the other way. And I think we need to teach young people that not only is, you know, difference a good thing. So, you know, it's not just acceptance, it's the value. So, you know, we often talk about, for instance, you know, um, neurodiverse people being um, particularly creative. um, You know, the fact that people with different disabilities, because they have to find different ways of and smarter ways of working to overcome barriers and so on um they're often a brilliant person to have on your activity team or certainly in your um employment um 
But getting children to grow up recognizing that would really shift mindsets in my own head. But it's getting the, you know, the Department of Education to recognize that as well. Mm, definitely. Definitely. So I, I have I have actually um posted about this before, but I, I got a I will say despicable response oh. from the Department of Education when I broached the subject with them. And they did put in black and white that it's down to each and every school to decide if something like disability inclusion matters to their community. That's really, that's all, that's not good. That is not good. So I'm pulling it out there in this episode. If anybody's got any influence over the Department of Education, I would love to have yet another conversation. Um, And I have offered to educate them. Because obviously with the more schools that are involved in disability inclusion, the more awareness we can raise. And I think the more the kids can sort of um, have a bit more of an understanding, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So coming back to the whole, um, you know, married with children um, or one or the other, uh, whatever works for someone. um, That also does amaze me because two reasons, even if, somebody can't have a biological child we're very lucky yeah Yeah. in most countries we're very lucky that there are lots of different options to actually have a loving family Mm. what I don't know and I don't know if you've read any of this or heard from other people especially in your kind of disability horizons uh, role Mm. is how it works with regards things like adoption and if they do provide an equitable experience you know basically grading um prospective parents fairly irrespective of disability Mm. um i just um on that side of things again adoption is obviously for every one that wants to become a parent everyone has different circumstances I mean there is um, a program that I used to watch a while ago it was called The Little Couple I don't know if you've heard of it no Um, it's a really good program and if you guys if anyone is interested to watch it I would recommend it I don't know if there is a way that you can catch up on episodes but they are um, obviously two married people really um, they obviously show their like everyday life and they ended up um, adopting two children, one from India, it was a little girl, and one from, I think it's either Japan or China, I think, I'm not sure, for the boy. And now they've actually grown up and they, it, just, it just amazes me how the, the little couple, as they call themselves, you know, they're business owners, his wife is, uh, she works in pediatrics, so she's a doctor, and um, she, you know, and it's just amazing how they've managed to adopt two, again, they're both, um, they've both got the same disabilities as their, as their parents, so it's just really nice to see how they've brought them up and what they're sort of doing now, and it's just really lovely to watch, and I would sit there and watch it and just think it's amazing, they've got a lovely house, and everything and the way they've adapted things for the for, you know for all of them when they went to go out and get a house for themselves and making sure that everything had level access especially with the kitchen and so the kids could get around and having play areas for them and all this stuff but it was just really good when they actually went through 
and what they sort of had to go through even to get the adoption and get them to take these kids home and give them a new life. So it was really, really lovely. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for that. I've just literally written that down because oh, I have to look this up. I, I hadn't heard of it. it. It's so nice to hear of positive portrayals, you know, in the media. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to give that a watch. It sounds like a bit definitely. of feel good watching. It is definitely feel good watch. They used to do different, um, they would have different... Um, stories on each different episodes and updating every time they even took them on holidays and doing all sorts of different activities just like any other family would do and it was just really lovely to watch and I even tried to contact them as well for an interview with Disability Horizons but unfortunately I didn't get a response but um, I'm still trying and it's something that I haven't given up on but I was just hoping if they ever did come to London which they have done in their episodes it would be lovely to meet up with them as well. Excellent. They're probably busy on their travels and maintaining their lovely home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Either that or plus because um, they run a business as well. So even doing that as well. So it's really good. Excellent. So I don't know if you've had a chance to actually check out the Be People Smart personas. Um, but you just made me think of Lucy, actually. So Lucy's one of our personas. And I say this because all of our personas are literally built off of lived experiences of real people. Um, they weren't just manifested from thin air and Lucy is um, blind and she's also pregnant the reason um, when we designed the personas I really wanted Lucy to be both blind and pregnant is because some of the I guess these are more myths that are coming but some of the Mm. myths that have also come about in the past are you know people making an assumption that as a blind person you 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 couldn't look after a baby how would you be able to you know change them and see what they're doing and uh things like that which of course Mm. yeah that that's not correct um and there's lots of ways and certainly changing nappies has never been an issue for people um but what's interesting and this is actually picked up in lucy's story because it, it was something that came up from someone um, asking me if I had heard of anything um, was it's more about equipment, the things that can make life easier. And mm-hmm. so for instance, the person I was talking to who was blind and pregnant also had a guide dog as does Lucy and wanted to know if there was actually a child's push chair, but was more of a pool chair because what she didn't want to do was have to have her dog and a pushchair for everywhere because it was very cumbersome and it was difficult to actually manoeuvre around and to know, of course, if she was going to knock anything with the pushchair. Mm. But she didn't want to use a carrier for the whole time because once baby gets heavy, it was yeah. going to be hard work. So she wanted to be able to pull baby behind her to get the yeah. best of both worlds. And that was really interesting for me. And I did have a look at the time. I certainly didn't find anything. I don't know if it exists now. So if anyone's listening and you're innovative, you know, crack on. Let's uh, see what wonderful stuff you come up with. Um, but yeah, so that's where Lucy came from. And that was one of the main people um, that she was actually created from, really. Oh, so do you know she managed to find something suitable? Certainly to when we lost contact. Um, no. And the baby was born and the baby was in a carrier, um, oh. but it wasn't. And the thing was, they didn't even buy a pushchair because although um, dad's got good vision, but of course, if only one parent could use it, it wasn't really worth having it. 
So how's vision? Do you know? Oh, uh, well, when the baby was born, from everything I knew at the time, because the baby was still young when um, I we, we stopped working together and so on. Um, but when the baby was born, baby seemed to be fine. They believed to be fine. But then, as I say, dad had good vision. So, um, yeah, but it was just such an interesting kind of concept that I had never thought about someone who has a guide dog also needing to push a push chair. Push chair, yeah. I've not heard of that before. So that is definitely, yeah interesting so yeah it's, it's just it's, it's amazing you know the things you learn from people and as I always say pretty much my whole knowledge over the last sort of 15 plus years has come yeah. from hundreds of different people and yeah it's just I'm always learning something new exactly no I was just going to say I mean it just shows I mean with all these little things that you don't even think about until a situation comes up and then you think oh well, yeah we need to invent this or we need to have something like this or you have to start looking around for something so yeah it just um it just got me thinking too like what is what could be out there to sort of help her yeah, so. yeah definitely and of course it's disability pride month so yeah. it's a great time to be talking about this stuff and recognizing you know people's capabilities and how the difference of breaking down barriers really makes the world a better place um but certainly removing those stigmas and assumptions that's what we're absolutely trying to do so yeah it's been great so far um I do have a question for you which I ask all of our guest speakers I'm a bit of a Harry Potter fan I think that's where it comes from okay (laughs) so if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and magically change one thing on how uh, disabled people are often viewed, what would you like to change? Um, that is a really good question. There would be a lot that I would want to change. Um, but I think for me, one of the key things would be, in general, I just think in wives, is that how disabled people are viewed by other people. I think I just want to change that. and. And also giving, just having opportunities open for disabled people to come forward and not for it to be such a big issue in different areas, you know, whether we want to go out to work, whether we want to start a business, whether we want to get married or anything. But yeah, um, that's what I would sort of say. Yeah, do you know, actually, the very first episode of this podcast was with a wonderful lady called um, Heidi Crowter. Um, Heidi has Down syndrome. And when she was born, her mum assumed she wouldn't be able to get married. And back in COVID, (laughs) so when we was actually in lockdown, um, the first wedding allowed in the UK was Heidi and James's. So she is a married woman, very happily married. Um, Yeah, she's she's a big campaigner for uh, Down syndrome equality. Um, she's a real force to be reckoned with great lady listen to episode one of season one if you get a chance um, but yeah and I think you know it's hearing from people like Heidi that really help people to sort of change mindsets and go oh I thought I was wrong mm. um, yeah what did my mum think then when she got married oh she's absolutely delighted and I think James has slotted into their family very very well um, oh. but yeah so they're yeah they're living their best life 
literally, you know, they've got their own flat, um, you know, with a bit of help, they've learned to very, be very much, you know, self-sufficient. Um, and yeah, just very happy lives, working, just traveling, enjoying themselves, campaigning. Um, yeah, and I just think it's just a really good example of, you know, a neurodiverse condition that people often make assumptions about mm. and definitely hasn't stopped them getting married and living their best lives. Great, that's really lovely to hear. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, what would you love people to take away from this episode today? I would love everyone to feel good about themselves, make them, you know, make, you know, you, we're all individuals. We all have great, you know, skills and experiences and don't let anyone put you down and just be, be your best self and just be amazing. Go out there and you just have to smash it. No matter what we want to just be, just be out there and just do it. And don't let anyone say that you can't everyone can I love that I saw a brilliant meme the other day that said they said I couldn't so I did so I did amazing yeah (laughs) one of my biggest things I just want to add is that I find independence is one of my biggest frustrations since I've been growing up and that's really one of the big things that I've found really difficult to overcome and I do want to change it but it's been very difficult um but is independence and independence is is a really big thing again it's independence in different areas like having your own place um being able to go out by yourself um and just having that bit of you know freedom to be able to do things that you want to do without having you know people telling you that you can't or you know just wait here we'll take you or having to rely on transport or other people to do it for you um and that's one of the big things that i struggled with myself personally so yeah I think a lot of disabled people that I know they're all very independent they drive and unfortunately I'm one of those people that don't I think I'm the only person that doesn't because every disabled person (laughs) I speak to they drive and I'm the only one that doesn't and I've actually struggled with um taking driving lessons but it's still something that I really would like to do um and hopefully I can one day and have my own car and be independent so let's see so we're all going to be looking out for pictures of you ripping up L plates now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would love that. And just say, yeah, look, I've done it. With the people, everyone who said to me that you can't do it. And I would just love to have that to say, yeah, you, you know, you've done it. Yeah, really good. For anyone outside of the UK, when we're learning to drive, we have a red L on our cars. And then it's quite exciting because when you pass, you obviously can take them off. Um yeah, so that's why I say about Zuby ripping them up. Brilliant. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's good. Um, so because people are bound to want to find you and find out more about Disability Horizons, I can share links when the um, episode goes out. But where can they find you and more information? Me, I'm on, I mainly use LinkedIn. So mainly you can get me on LinkedIn or Twitter and LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, mainly those are the main two that I use. I have Facebook, but I don't really go on Facebook that much that often. But yeah, I think mainly those two for me. And what about Disability Horizons? And uh, Disability Horizons, yeah, that's um, disabilityhorizons.com. 
Excellent. Thank you very much. As I say, we will um, include links so you can make sure you find Zubi and Disability Horizons. Um, yeah, I just, these were particularly powerful myths for me to bust because they are things I've heard from people time and time again over the years. So to make it very, very clear that if the right accessibility is in place, disabled people can absolutely get a proper education. They can get education and we can get married. <laughs> and, and can absolutely get married and have a family. And have a family. So, yeah, definitely. So thank you so much, Zuby, for taking the time today to share all your thoughts with us. Um, no, I really, you know, no, it's been brilliant. Thank you. And yeah, just I really hope it's, got you thinking um or some of you may be nodding your head saying exactly that uh, which is wonderful so yeah thank you so much for listening um I hope you've enjoyed it and yeah if you want to share anything with me or Zuby yeah I was going to say please do if you've got any questions come to mind or anything that you want to ask feel free to contact me or Josie wonderful there you go open invitation so take the opportunity share your thoughts share your questions let's get a conversation going it is disability pride month it's a wonderful time to start the conversation but we need to make sure we keep it going throughout the year so until next time when we will be busting some more myths i wish you all a wonderful day Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please rate us and leave us a review. We really want to know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the amazing guest speakers we have lined up.